Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! You know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast. The first period starts right now. Welcome one and all, High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast, your home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling with your pals Rob and Dave. Hello. This is a very appropriate song right now, because we will be talking about CM Punk on the longest episodic hockey and wrestling podcast in the history of podcasts. <sighs> a lot of punk talk, a lot of hockey talk, a lot of devil's talk. Yeah, we have a lot of devil's talk today. Hey, but guess what? Preseason starts next week. Yep, that means I have to actually do a fantasy hockey draft. Want to do one for this show? Just you and me? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Two teams. You, 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 yeah, and you draft whatever players you draft. That's it. That's it. You get an injured player, whatever. You get, you get one choice to pick. No. Can't drop or can't do anything. <laughs> I, I would do that, but right. it would it would just be a shit show. Because it would be like, I take McDavid, I take Crosby. I take Malkin, I'll take this guy. <laughs> Oh, look at the scores this week. You beat me 5,000 to 6, <laughs> yeah. five and a half. What? No. It would have been fun if we had more people on the show, you know? Yeah. That's you know, you show. know? <laughs> that's what? That's the other show. That's the other show. The implant. The implant. <laughs> other people would be the implant if they came into this show. Oh, absolutely. I have no fucking clue. I'd be twiddling his thumbs. All right. So let's talk about some crease to crease here. Um, big news yesterday. <laughs> well, big, it actually started <laughs> on what Monday. Yeah, <laughs> rumor came out that Pavel Zaka was close to signing a deal with the KHL team, and then uh, then Devil's Twitter was like, "Hooray, hooray! Yeah, Pavel sucks." Ray Shiro, he doesn't suck. He just hasn't lived up to the his drafts, but that is. So Ray Shiro, who was at the Devils rookie camp, uh, rookie tournament in Buffalo, they asked him about the rumors that Pavel Zaka. Signed with a KHL team, and I believe his exact words were, <laughs> I don't give a fuck if he signed with the KHL team. I don't give a fuck if he signed with Brampton. I don't give a fuck if he signed with, what was it, the third one? I don't know. The, the Devils. <laughs> he said, we own his rights. So, good luck. <laughs> Essentially, is what he said. And it's like one of those, he said, listen, you want to go to the KHL? Go. It's going to take a long time before you come back to the NHL. And he's right, yeah, because we would own his rights. It's not like, all right, I'll just wait it out a whole year in the KHL, and then I'll come back and sign with any team. No, 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 it don't work that way. We own your rights when you're an RFA. It, it boggles my mind. 
I just think of the whole conversation in general as to like. I want five million dollars a year, Ray. Oh, okay. Good luck with that. Like, like what? When you have an outburst like that, I Ray doesn't look like a drinker, or at least a heavy enough drinker, or thirdly, a heavy enough drinker that he would drink in the afternoon. In the morning. In, in the, the morning. morning. Because they played at like 8 in the morning on Monday. Okay, perhaps the Bloody Mary's a little mm, bit too bloody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the guys on Spittin' Chicklets Blood. said that he is a fiery guy. And they would both know because they both played for Pittsburgh and were drafted by him. So, I mean, I love it. it coming from Lou, status quo. Oh, yeah. We want him in the fold. Blah, blah, blah. You know. Don't worry about my unrestricteds, restricted. So right. Don't worry about my cat. To going from I don't give a fuck. It, twice, it, twice already he's had those yeah. f bombs. That's see, like to me, and they were talking about it on on the other podcast and stuff. That like HBO and the NHL should put a deal together where maybe they do like three games a week, where players or refs or something's mic'd up. And you're watching the game for that. Like, you're watching it just strictly for the mic'd up shit talking on and off the ice. Mm -hmm. But then they made a good point. What was it, last year with Morgan Riley? Right. In I don't want to say it was in the playoffs. I want to say it was towards the end of the season. And he had the somebody on the puck on the other team, or his team had the puck. And you could hear Morgan Riley screaming, ragged, ragged. Meaning, like, hold on to it, everybody's changing. But when you hear it and you don't know what hockey is, it sounds like the derogatory term for a gay person. Gotcha. So you wouldn't want those mics on and hearing somebody, like, calling them, you know, you're a cat. <laughs> sure. I'm trying to keep it G-rated. <laughs> Understood. Especially after Especially Ray Shiro. Especially after Ray Shiro. <laughs> Everything is G-rated on this show now. But... It, it would cause issues, I would assume, but it would be. I would. I would love it. It would be awesome. I mean, good that he's fiery. Yeah. I, I just don't. I mean, who who instigated that little <coughs> leak of he? Well, he didn't sign, right? They. It was alleged that he that agreed, to, agreed terms. to terms. So does that mean okay? Here's your three-year, two million dollar deal. Hey Ray, they're offering me this. Right. Whoever leaked that. Which is no, it's definitely Zaka's agent. But I have to say this: Patrick okay. Stefan, one of the worst first overall picks ever. Pavel Zaka, as a player, is not good enough to pull this kind of shenanigans. Maybe, maybe if he was a steady third liner, if he was putting up fifty points, if he was putting up like. 18 and 30, like 18 goals, 30-something yeah. you know, assists, or he was putting up. All right, you've got a little clout where you can kind of puff your chest out and be like, I want this money. When your career high is 13 goals and 25 points. And you're a borderline third, fourth, fourth liner. Fourth liner right now who hasn't lived up to their sixth overall. I mean, you want to you wanna go and scratch your head was Zaka a Ray draft pick, or was he? It a was real? a Ray Lamarillo draft. All right, pick. sorry, it wasn't a Ray pick. If you want to laugh, go look at everybody that was picked after after him. 
And that's what I think devil's social media gets angry about because there were all those potent. I know in its hindsight, it's 2020, but all those potentials after him. And we got stuck with this guy. I mean, it's the same thing like the years that we drafted, like Ari Ahonen and, and JF Demfus. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are we drafting goalies? And then you look at, like, you look at two years later and you go, oh, man, look at everybody that was drafted after him that we could have had and we didn't. Who knew that Matthew Barzell was going to be, you know, this awesome? Good. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, I mean, good for Paul Vazaka. It's it's a three year deal. It's seven million total, two and a quarter average a year. It's he's it still makes him a restricted free agent after right. three years. So he's we still got rights. It's a good deal, right? It's a, and it's it's not a good deal for him in the sense that in that third year, since he still has restricted rights, yes, he can get a raise if he plays up to it. But he's going to only be paid at least 2.25 right. when they go to arbitration. And he's only going to get, I think they said something like, you can only get a 10% bump from... bump. So what's he going to make? He's going to go from 225 to 250? <laughs> but again... I mean, 2.5 million. Right. Again, Ray Shearer being GM of the year for the offseason team-friendly deal it's tradable if he needs it i think it's going to be too it's it, look if, if 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 your predictions if if we look at all the rookies that are there to play right there's a potential where it's like okay you know oh somebody got a hurt winger third fourth liner soccer oh, yeah. for a pick and we're going to talk about like guys that we mm-hmm. could kind of maybe throw him into a deal for trades. So there's your big news. Pavel Zaka finally resigned. We no longer have any restricted free agents on the open market, but we'll get to it. There are still a ton of restricted free agents on the market. But let's, Which we'll talk about later. Let's uh, stick also with watching, uh-huh. uh, talking oh, about watching the rookie, uh, yeah. the rookie tournament in Buffalo. We looked like shit the first game. Jack Hughes did score. Was this? It, was it one of those where like the, the guys just got to Buffalo, put on their skates, had a no. few warm-ups, and then <clears> hit a game? I think that they practiced here in Newark. Uh-huh. Let's I think the tournament started Friday night, yeah. So they practiced here in Newark on Thursday, got on the bus Thursday to go up there to Buffalo, probably practiced sometime morning skate on Friday, and then played. They just looked like there was no chemistry between Okay, a lot so, of the guys. So the way I'm thinking is, yeah, you you it, it's like playing like pickup hockey. You go, hey, you guys want to play? All right, let's go. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you need you need to find rhythm. If they practiced all week and then went up, I'm sure it probably will look better first game out. But. Hughes Hughes looked good. Um, he did give the puck away a lot, but he was also trying things that like, and I read somewhere that I think it was Gomez. Yeah, Gomez said that um, one the one of the assistant coaches back in the day, um, one of the Russians, Fatisov, Fatisov, said basically there's two kinds of passes. There's, there's like he has a vision for the ice. He goes there are passes that you can get picked off, but he knows if that made it, that would have been a great play. Not one of those. Oh, he fucking turned yeah. it over. Hope passes. That's what I used to call them when I coached. I would mm-hmm. call it a hope pass. Like I hope it gets through. If it gets through, you look like excellent, fucking awesome. But if it doesn't. You better hope that somebody's back to come and play defense. Patty to Arnott? Was that a hope pass? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Holy shit. Goal song? 
Goldhorn. Uh, <laughs> speaking of songs, Ugh. before we get onto lines, oh hold on, Boquist <sighs> looked really good. Looked like he looked like a man playing with kids. Like his his confidence with the puck. It would be like if I went to like a gym class with little kids and like what I would do <laughs> with the puck. Like he didn't score or anything, but he he looked confident. Ty Smith looked like shit in the first game. I think he was trying to kind of puffer himself up a little. Um, he was also playing with guys that are 17, 18 years old. So I'm sure he would be better when he gets to the NHL. But those were the, the, the big three. And the guy that we drafted this year, Mike with the V, Mike Volkach or whatever his name is, mm -hmm. he looked good. Uh, and that Cadence kid looked good. So future-wise, potential... Hughes, obviously. Uh, I could, you know, if we do trade Zaka, uh, I could, I could see Boquist. He's so he's elbowing not, his way in. He's not making it, Zaka or not. If he makes it, he's the extra forward. Right now, which they might not want to do. If he's not playing games, he's not getting better. We might as well send them back. You know, to but, but you lose that talent for a year, and then what does that do to him? Well, going, you know what I mean. Well, I mean, is it is it better to stay in practice and play every fourth game with us, or is it better for him to play every day, power play minutes, big minutes, and get his confidence up, and then come back next year and take Simmons' what's, spot? What's his What's his spot in lineup? Like, if you're going to put him at Binghamton, right? He well, can't go to Binghamton. But if you were, top line? Yes. Okay. So, translate that to the NHL game. That gives him, what, second, third line? He's looking at the way our lineup is setting up right now. At best, he's playing third line. At worst, he's playing fourth line. Because I don't see them moving. It's either, and we're going to talk about it now, I mean, our second line is either going to be, it's going to be Gusev, Probably Hughes and Bratt. Right. Or Hughes and Simmons. So I would assume Boquist fits somewhere on that right side with either taking Simmons' spot or. Has he passed that potential of the Swiss League? No. Yeah, like it no. <clears throat> he's still young. I mean, I think he's only 20 years old. So, I mean, he would be an, he would be an older kid. Still playing against men. Okay. Our preseasons have, under the Shiro Hines era, have been extremely competitive when it comes to kids. And you know fairly quickly if they make it or not. I, like, like we were watching last season, right? Were you watching last season? Were I you was. There? I wasn't at the games, but I was watching. So you had, like, that Joey Anderson. You had the McLeod, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you saw it. You, you knew saw that something. they were gonna they were gonna be called Quinville. You knew that they were gonna be called up. So you knew they had spots. Now this season, yeah. I taught, if you're if you're a high offensive player like Boquist that needs to play top two line minutes, it's unless Simmons, Brat, Gusev gets hurt or see, Hall. And see, that's the thing, right? Right. 
You came, you, you came Ty Smith close enough to making this roster, but we got to send you back. Boom, Simmons goes down. Gusev gets hurt. <sighs> we have other guys. You know, it, As, it's again, it's not, it's not putting him in it's, a Simmons spot. It's fitting. Putting, it's getting the right some, puzzle piece. Yes, you move somebody up. You in. move somebody up to Simmons. You put this guy in that spot that you just moved moved up, I which we there. didn't have. I mean, if you think about it. <clears throat> At one point last year, I think I was watching the game last night on TV, or, or last week. They were showing a game. It was after Hall got hurt. At one point, like he sure it was Heisher, Anderson, and like Coleman on our top line. Like we didn't have the parts to the right puzzle pieces to mm-hmm. make it what's best for Nico. It was kind of like this is the best that we have at the moment to put in your position we know you're not gonna survive <laughs> so but like if D- depth was an issue last year not i don't de- depth is not an issue no this i year. don't see it being i mean if paul mary were to get hurt you're probably gonna put brat in that position if brat gets hurt you're gonna move simmons up you're really looking at a bottom six as a even the bottom even the yeah for boquist it would be a bottom six guy which sucks because he's way too talented so we kind of predicted the lines and what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit already. Um, I would predict that our first line is going to be Hall, Heischer, and Paul Mary. Lot, two shooters and a setup man. You know, Hall's a shooter. Paul Mary goes to the net, and Nico's the passer. Mm-hmm. Also, Hall is the kind of guy that can grind the puck down low. So is Nico. Right. Nico, I was always amazed at the fact that the kid has got to be 165 pounds. Soaking wet. <laughs> with fucking quarters in his pockets. And the way he battles on the boards and comes out with the puck for a guy that, I mean, yeah, he's 6'1", but like 170 pounds. The way he's able to, to maneuver his body against guys that like Shea Weber that are almost twice his weight. Right. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing, and that leaves Hall wide open if he can if they can find him and if he could find open spaces. That line should, in theory, put up. And I think I said it the last show. That line should each everybody on that line should have no less than twenty goals. And a little Hall news, very very little. Shira had mentioned that. Oh, we'll talk to Hall towards the end of camp and see where he's at. Oh man, I wonder what we can get for a Hall Zaka trade. I don't. Hey, um, what's who's the guys in in, in Winnipeg? Uh, Shovel Dayoff. Sure. Hey, Chevy. <clears throat> oh, I I would want more back than Line. A. If you're gonna if we're gonna oh, give that oh. up, then you're giving me Connor and fucking Line. A. We'll get to it. It's a good first line. It was a good first line last year. It's when it was healthy. It's been a good line. They have so, the experience of playing together. So they have a little bit of chemistry. And, uh, now, and now you start getting into the fancy line. <laughs> yeah. Not the biggest line either. Um, my next one, I guess, would be Gusev, Hughes, and Brett. I mean, not really the biggest line. Other than Brett, he's the only one that has NHL experience. True. Um Two setup guys. Apparently, Gusev is more of a pass-first 
Hughes has come out and said that he needs to shoot more to be a bigger threat. Wasn't that the theme last year, too? Yeah, well, that was the theme for Nico. Um, and the problem with Brad is he just needs to finish when he gets his opportunities in a game. He's awesome in shootout. He's awesome in breakaways. But when it's a game situation, he needs to put a little finish. You know, all three of these guys are good setup guys. They're all silky smooth with the puck. Maybe we can get three passes in a row with this line. Yeah. Except the only oh. problem is going to pass, 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 yeah, pass, pass, shoots. pass, pass, <laughs> uh, My third line is a great shutdown line. Up there with your Pandolfo, Madden, Turner, Stevenson kind of shutdown line that we had when we were good. I look at this line and I'm like, I like this line. Like you look yeah. at your first line and he goes, holy crap, goals. Look at our third line and you go, holy crap. Yeah, they, they're they all grinders. I mean, you can't say Zajac is a setup guy, but it, I have Coleman, Zajac, and Simmons together. Simmons and, and Bratt will probably flip-flop throughout this, the season mm-hmm. as long as everybody's healthy. Um, they're going to eat up a lot of minutes, get that puck down low, grind it out, wear down the other team, You know, cause penalties, being able to kill penalties. You know that they're going to all three of them are pretty good defensively. So that is a that is a strong line. That is right? a line that that each of them not counting power play time, each of them should get at least 10 to 15 regular strength goals. Okay. It's a good number to look at for that. I mean Simmons will probably get a little more just because he'll be on the power play, but if you can I mean Coleman it would be a step down if you got 15 goals. But they would that would be a good line. And then our fourth line <clears throat> I have Miles Wood, the aforementioned Pavel Zaka at center, and I have Rooney. What the hell is his first name? I just want to say Wayne Rooney, but that's the soccer player. Kevin? Kevin Rooney. Um, they're Kevin! All, they're all quick. Kevin! They're all quick. I they're, saw that movie. Did you? Oh, well, we'll see you in the, this year, this week's. Um, nope, 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 nope. They're all big. They're quick. They can cycle the puck. Pavel Zaka is really good defensively minded. Rooney's very good defensively minded. Two guys, all three of those guys will play the penalty kill, probably with Coleman and uh, Zajac. I like what Pavel Zaka said. I mean, obviously he's trying to pump up the conversation and make everybody forget about the whole KHL fiasco kind of thing. But I liked what he said. He said, Essentially, and Amanda Stein said on on Twitter that, like, essentially, everything that they've pounded into his head the past, like, three years, like, it finally clicked. Like, at the end of last season, he kind of, like, got it. And he did that this season before, when his first season, when we, right? Because his first season, I think he scored, what, like, six goals? Maybe, I don't know. His first, it was the year before we went to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. His first season, he scored, like, six or seven goals. And... I would say he scored like four of them in the last two weeks of the season. This year, he did the same thing. Like at the end of the season, it was like, hey, all right. Like, because either teams didn't give two shits or they weren't playing their best players. Show me from game one one to to game, no, to game 25. Because everything gets a little shaky in the beginning of the season. But by the time. Game 10, 11, 12, either your team is running on all cylinders 
smoothly or your team is still like bouncing on the road, you know, trying to get the chain back on the wheel. I want to see Zaka be able to carry that puck, shoot the puck, play the strong defensive game he can from 1 to 25, and then we'll give him a grade and then go to... End of the year? No, no. Oh, you want to we'll do it in the thirds? 25-game segments. Okay. Uh, defensively, I have... Um, Before you go on defense, I just have one question. When was the last time we rolled four lines? It might be 2012. It might be when we went to the finals. I I, I look at that and I go, I I can't. Usually, it's obviously it's one line. We always had like one line, and then it was questionable. Now now we kind of have we had like two lines last year or like within the past couple of years, right? We started to build, yeah, two lines, and now we have four. And I don't care if you want to toss Wood out, toss Zaka out, toss Rooney out, put other people in there. I still think we can roll four lines. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's exciting to me, knowing that I'm going to be sitting there for 41 games. And even if we don't roll four lines like Heischer, Hughes, Zaka, Zajac, like we don't roll it that way, that fourth line is still going to get big penalty kill minutes, which free up time for Nico and Hall and Hughes and Gusev to, to play against. The, so... The way I always, and I still do when I play video games when I would coach, is I want my guys that are on my third and fourth line to be absolute penalty killers. Mm-hmm. Defensively strong, responsible. Because most teams, when they have a power play, what do they do? They put out their best players. Right. You're all-stars. Right. I want my third or fourth line guys being able to kill them off so that when that two minutes is up, I could throw my best players against their now third or fourth line or their first line that's really tired mm-hmm. because they just spent so much time on the penalty kill and, and capitalize on it. And that's what I think we have. I, I finally feel good about I finally feel good about depth. I finally feel good about rolling four lines. I, I, I'm pretty confident about our goalies, which we'll get to. Still, defense is a, I mean, I don't know. It's the question mark. I, I don't know. And our goaltending. So I have PK and Sammy Votnin together. They're both risk takers. They're both kind of gamblers. Um, they move the puck pretty well. They shoot the puck pretty well. They're okay in the defensive zone. They're not any. They're not going to be your Scott Stevens, Nita Myers that we were used to. They're okay. In today's game, do we need that? In today's I mean, game, we need a Niedermeyer. We definitely need a guy that realizes that maybe that pass up to the boards isn't there. That pass to the center isn't there. Fuck it. I'll take it. I'll take it and run with it, which Niedermeyer could do. Rafalski could do. Zidlicki, to a lesser extent, could do. Um, next, the defensive pairing. And again, I'm sure that this can all be... You know, jumbled you can, you up. You can mix and match it, yeah. yeah. I have Damon Severson and Butcher together. Butcher needs better minutes now. It's it's make or break. You're getting paid big boy money. You better start playing big boy style in a defensive zone. Um, it is our future because if you think about it, they're both locked up long term. 
At least the next three, right? They they could start to build chemistry. They're both shooters. They can both skate with the puck. They just have to kind of pick their moments, but they do need to improve their in-zone, defensive zone coverage because there are times that Severson is standing behind our net when the play is somewhere else. There's times when he's tied up with their player and it's almost like they're picking him on purpose. Right. And Butcher gets caught in that same thing. The other one I have is uh, Ty Smith and Andy Green teaching. I mean, if Ty Smith makes the team, I have him live with Andy Green. I don't I don't mind that. It, it's like Th- you said, it's a teaching moment. Right. Teachable moment. The vet teaching the rookie the ropes. At this moment, everyone's saying that Ty Smith is going to be our future number one defenseman. I can't think of a better two guys for him to learn the offense and the defensive part from than P.K. Subban and Andy Green. This is how you play in the defensive zone? Watch Andy Green. This is how you play in the offensive zone? Watch Watch P.K. Subban. Which I think P.K. is going to be a very valuable piece in the development for Smith, Butcher, well, yeah, uh, Severson. Look at any of them. Well, I mean, I don't think Andy Green's. No, I, I'm I'm talking about the younger kids. Even even if you go to to uh, Merkel Mueller and and Carrick, the the younger guys. Yeah. It, at least you you have role models in your group that you can not model yourself after, but mimic to a yeah. point. I mean, I don't think Connor Carrick and, and Mueller are going to see a lot. They're going to play the games like when we play the Flyers and Ty Smith needs to sit because he's going to get the shit beat, he's out, of get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> but, I mean, we have those guys signed up. We we could look at a trade, you know, to take, some, if, especially if Smith makes the team and is somebody. We don't need two extra defensemen. Sorry. Uh, power play-wise, and I, I know, we're not, don't worry, we're not going through everything. <laughs> Okay, power play-wise, I would have, this is how I would set it up, I would have Palmieri on the left side as a forward, Nico at center, Simmons on the right side. I would put PK on the left point, or the the top of the triangle, uh, the umbrella, and I would have Hall on the other side. Hall is always wants the puck on the offside, and I don't know why we set up our power play. Why not put... You have Palmieri, who's got a nasty one-timer. Simmons has got a nasty one-timer. Hall, I'm sure he can figure it out. <laughs> you put Simmons in front, and you have Nico passing to them. You, They might murder somebody. They're going to murder Simmons <laughs> in front of their net. <laughs> Extra padding. So, I mean... Bombs put away. It, try him. Try Hall on his off wing. He's a lefty. Put him on the right side. And then that gives us an, a perfect umbrella with Simmons in front to be able to, to bang home rebounds. Nico to chase down the pucks. Who's our um, PK coach? Is it um, Nazardine? Or was it or is it Kowalczyk? I think it's Kowalczyk does the power play. Power play. Our second power play is essentially our second line. And you have Hughes and Gusev. Gusev is a righty who plays the left wing, or he's a lefty who plays the right wing. Um, you have him on one side, Hughes on the other. Bratt's kind of in the middle. So if you had to picture the face-off dots in the offensive zone, mm-hmm. Gusev, 
Hughes, Bratz in the middle, and then you have our two defensemen, Severson and Butcher, on the points, and just let them shoot. Because it'll be a, a totally different setup from our first power play, where everyone has to adjust to, is Hall going to shoot? Is Palmieri going to shoot? Is Nico going to take it to the net? Is PK going to let a bomb go? Whereas this one is more passing it, opening it up. They're going to have to adjust from one power play to the next. You have power versus the speed aspect of it, right? Yeah, they're, well, they're... you have shooters versus passers. Okay. That's the way I would see it. Mm-hmm. Like, the first line is all shooters. The second line is passers that have Hall, I mean, that have Severson and, and Butcher as shooters. Gotcha. All right. And your defensive pairings in the... And our penalty kills, yeah. it's I, Zaka and Rooney with and then Zajac and Coleman they have a really good chemistry together so there you go that's our devils shit I'm excited although I'm not excited that I that we have fucking three games next week I won't be going to the Rangers. we don't have games we're not playing (laughs) listen okay after this whole offseason it's a we thing now by the way I got my season ticket holder present I saw pictures of it Dude, a box that fucking big uh, with that very little in it, it was a scarf. Oh, hey, sounds like your Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Plus Walker, ship, Walker. plus the shipping and, and I, don't, I don't know. Did they actually give, is there still paper tickets? No. It's the card? No. Oh, they, it's the phone. Yeah. It's all digital. I didn't even get my, my parking deck ticket. All virtual now, all on the phone. Which they give you now, the, you know, that huge lanyard that, that shows off <laughs> season ticket holder. Now it's the size of your fucking uh, debit card. Oh, so now it, yeah, and now it, it's like an ID card. And it does nothing. I didn't read the instructions, but I'm, it does nothing. I don't it understand. Does, does it give you a discount in the stores or anything? Probably, but look, I've, you're going to get a 15% discount on a $30 hat. So you're going to get back, oh, a whole, you know, Three dollars or four dollars off. The sure. Time. So you're gonna pay what every other fucking hat is at yeah, twenty four dollars. If I bought it online, <laughs> so it's whatever. Just you know, it's a warm and fuzzy that I don't need. But anyway, I used to keep the box, and my wife would go, "Why are you keeping this? Like, what are we gonna do with this thing?" I was like, "Oh, it's a pretty box. She goes, well, what the fuck are you gonna do with it?" I at a certain point, I was like, "Shit! If I go to the player signings, which I wish you would, we've bitched about this enough, but I, if I went to player signings." I would have brought the box with me and go, this season I got these guys' signatures. That would be pretty cool on, on the actual season ticket holder box. That- I hope you're listening, Ray, because that would be an excellent idea. Yeah. For season ticket holders over X amount of years, have the players sign the boxes. Okay. Yeah. I, I would just said that, you know. The- I, I don't need someone to deliver the tickets. I'm at work. I, I, <laughs> I don't. Oh, that would be pretty fucking good, depending on who it is. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, look, Andy Green came to my house. Oh, fuck. What am I going to do with Andy Green, Jerry? Look, can you, can you imagine? Gusev comes to your door. Hello, man. <laughs> I give you Bo- ticket. Bo- Come, see, play. Puck. Bo- Bo- <laughs> Box, t- ticket. You. Hockey. Go. Oh, devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Golonki. No, that's where we're getting into. All right. NHL news and notes. few retirements. Uh, Justin Williams isn't really retiring. He's taking time away. He never used the word retire. Really? Which means... 
<laughs> playoff push. Yeah, he'll be he'll be back December ish. Ish. Okay. Maybe not with Carolina. Uh, Cronwall retired because he took a job in the Detroit front office as an advisor to Steve Eisenman. Because Steve Eisenman needs another set of eyes and ears and hockey but sense to. I, I will no. I will tell you, it's smart of Steve Eisenman a to take Cronwall because he was a big part of those teams. Delegate. He's been in the locker room the last couple of years so he knows yeah okay. the inners and outers and he of, doesn't yeah and and eisman doesn't so yeah uh justin falk <sighs> with the signing of jake gardner who essentially made i think he got 4.15 times four years and you text i text you to tell him that he signed and you were like oh i would have took that i would have took that for two years mm-hmm. i would have gave him four million for two years there was talk about oh why didn't he why didn't you know he was either yeah. waiting for Toronto or waiting to go in Canada and it just turns out that he didn't want to be the whipping boy absolutely for, for Canada in general. I wrote that like Montreal offered him like four years times five million dollars a year mm-hmm. and he's like yeah no I'm gonna go. I'll go to Carolina and watch some NASCAR and Montreal is like the the I, I don't know. Yeah, why go from one hockey hate, hotbed that hates you to a bigger hockey hotbed who the minute you fuck up, the whole crowd is going to boo you every time you touch the puck. But they tried to go after Ajo, swing and miss. They, 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 I'm sure they're like, should we go after Marner? That'll be a swing and a miss. I don't they think it'll be a swing and a miss. They tried to go after Gardner, swing and a miss. Like, <laughs> what happened? And then... Bergeron, Bergeron, Mark Bergeron comes out and makes the comment like, well, if these players don't want to be here, we don't want them here. Okay. After he makes that little dancey thing, and, and that's the yeah. famous GIF that everybody hates. GIF, GIF, whatever. GIF. But Justin Falk, uh, who apparently hangs out in New York City all the time because my sister-in-law has seen him multiple times in bars, um, rejects, and it is actually him, <laughs> Um <laughs> rejects trades because who the fuck would go into a bar and be like i'm justin falk from the nhl like of all the people that you could pretend to be why would you pick that guy um he rejects a trade he has a no trade clause where he can he He can be traded to 10 teams (laughs) right and anaheim is not one of them so maybe he doesn't want to go west coast maybe he just wants to travel up 95 i would take him but we would have to give up someone in our six our our six defenseman i would i would trade him for vatanen and if they're looking for you know they want to throw us the throw i would throw zaka in if they threw something else in like a draft pick so give us a second round pick we'll give you give us a second round pick and justin falk we'll give you pavel zaka and Vatnin, because Vatnin's coming off the books anyway. Is um, Falk to oh Falk part, is too. part part of the negotiation would be I only want you to trade for you if you sign long term, right? Yeah, I mean either way, if you look at it, Valk, Falk, and Vatnin, <laughs> Falk and Vatnin. <laughs> okay, so no, no, no. So since you've said that, we now take Sammy Vatnin out of this trade picture. Mm-hmm. I'll throw in any other defenseman, like either either. Uh, Connor Carrick or um, Mueller because I want the Vulcan. You want the Vulcan. I want the Vulcan. Falk to Vatanen. 
fucking Batman. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine Dano? Oh my god. On, on a Tuesday. Oh my god. On a Tuesday night where he's Calgary <laughs> game. <laughs> no offense, Dano. It's, it's just you're you're tired. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It's in the middle of the season. It's just, you you don't even want to be there. So they would those two Falk and Vatnin would cancel each other out if they don't resign because mm-hmm. we could have lost Vatnin anyway. Right. So essentially, it'd be Zaka for a second round pick, which we don't have because we traded for PK Subban. You never know, and and there's st- incarcerated Bob. If you follow him on Twitter, apparently is getting lots and lots of love recently. Whether it be talking about the, f- love? the no. <laughs> It's funny. I was just going to say Antonio Brown. Anyway, <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. Yeah. Well, from whatever sport this incarcerated Bob person talks about, he's pretty much spot on. Okay. Some of these fringe rumor sites and stuff that are just you know, trying to pick and get clicks are using his tweet of saying Patrick Line. There's about four to six teams that are looking at Patrick Line. He mentioned the Devils. He mentioned the Devils and the fact that they're kicking tires, doing research. They're on that that fringe. And there's other teams that are looking at, at a full trade thing. Because at this point, and we that's, I mean, we can, right, Garner goes to um, Carolina. Woohoo. Um, Michael Stone re-signs after being bought out by the Flames. <laughs> so he's getting double paychecks. The Flames re-signed him? Yes, to a one-year deal. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't think that was possible. What I read, and we'll get back to the whole the other thing I was talking about, so to, to sidetrack, he got bought out, and they can do that. But if you, what's the other one? If you, you either don't buy him out or, or you wave They walked him or, away from him. So he went to arbitration, and they. No, he, I think he got bought out because they're paying him two paychecks. His current salary and what they bought him out with. Or whatever it was, this season and next season. <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> that that's all. Calgary. It obviously is going to be a uh, yeah they, to get around a cap hit. They, I just didn't think if you bought someone out, you were able to sign them again. I say, well, here it says Calgary bought out the final year of his three-year, ten point five million dollar contract in August, after they settled their arbitration case, and have now brought him back less than two months later. Okay. Um, Mitchell Marner saga continues. If, and we'll get back to the line, I think, quickly, but or soon. I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter today to somebody that, that I was conversing with. I was in on Marner. We've recorded. I was in on Marner. Oh, I so wanted him. Today? Nope. No. I don't you, want to use the word cancer, but I... No. I think he's a locker room distraction. I don't want to say distraction. I want to say he's a locker room beacon and not in a good way. Like he P- like he's the op- polar opposite of a PK Subban. No, no, they're probably very similar. Look at me, look at me, look at me. But it rubs you the wrong way in the locker room? Yeah. Like if you have an old school locker room, which the Devils don't. But, like, if he went to a team like L.A. Mm-hmm. with that look-at-me attitude, like, hey, guys. Like, Colville Chuck would look at him and go, 
the fuck? Dustin Brown, yeah. Jonathan Quick. I could be like, yeah, ton it, ton it down. We we had this with uh, Sean Avery, and it didn't work out too well for him in L.A. So he wants he no he doesn't want he demands three years at an absorbent more than Austin Matthews money. Do you know why? Years. Because the same thing that we talked about before. Because he's he's, he's led the league. He's better than no no he or he missed out on. I read something that he's pissed at because he got screwed over on his entry level from Lou. He's seeing all this other money going somewhere else that they they screwed up, and he's better. He thinks he's better than Austin Matthews. Say like I don't want a guy like that on my team. Like I get it; it's a business, and you should make your money. But when you start pointing your finger at your teammates, saying like I'm better than him, I should be making more money. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good with you. But the reason he wants a three year deal, I think he said something like one year. The first year he wants like four million. Like Zach Wierenski got. The second year, I want $4 million. And then the third year, I want $17 million. Well, the reason he wants to do that is because if, he f- if they arbitration. go off arbitration, he cannot get paid less than $17, than $17 million <laughs> the next season. His f- what would be his fourth year. Who's going to pay him $17 million? If he better fucking break Gretzky's records. If I'm paying you $17 million. I agree. I, it's gotten to a point now where somebody's talking in his ear too much and he's finally absolutely bought in to fluff. It's just, yeah, it's parents. Because I, you know, I don't think you can survive with $11 million times seven. So 70, seven, by, 70, seven or eight years at 11 per. $88 million. No, I don't know how you're going to survive on that. Oh, you're right. Your agent takes some and fucking the taxes take a little bit here. Okay, so you're walking away with $55 million. Oh, wait. I and for- you'll still I- be fucking 20-something. You'll be 28 years old. I forgot. We forgot to mention something. He's in Toronto. He'll get numerous amounts of, um, let's see, Nike, Right, he'll get Bauer, Bauer CCM. Yeah. Well, he doesn't wear any of that. He wears true because what? he's different. Whatever. You'll get your endorsement money on top of. Yeah. I Look, I agree with you. It's, it is just. It, it started off that, all right, look, the kid wants his money. He sees his teammate making that much. He wants to make that much. Now it's turned into me. Me, 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 me. Mitch Mirner. Me? Mine. Mine, mine. What movie? Um, the one with the seagulls, right? Yeah. I don't remember the movie. Finding Nemo. Oh, yes. Mine. All right. So there are still people that are out, uh, RFAs that have not signed. We talked about the aforementioned Mitchell. M- the meaner. Mitchell the meaner. miser. Meaner. Bozer um, hasn't signed yet. Yep. And uh, they're, not, they're not close. Close. Line A, not close. I haven't heard anything about I, Connor. I Connor. swear. God and I don't know why. I, honestly, I don't. And it's not that fan in me. I just—it's like that gut feeling that fucking Shiro is like right there, going. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's right there, going tick, tick, tick. He's grinning, tick, tick. He's smiling. Fucking line is a devil. Like he's in the weeds. He's right there, and he's like, I know what it's gonna take, and I'm gonna make you fucking sweat it out. It would take if I had to guess. And again, they have money, so it's not like money's an issue in, in Winnipeg right now. If I had to guess what we would give up, 
it was floated a couple firsts, a defenseman like um, Severson, and something else like a um, like a like a like a McLeod or something like that. I think you had mentioned too in a text when I mentioned it to you. You'd say maybe give him a first and a, and a, and a player like a defenseman like like Severson, and maybe a and maybe get something back too with Line. Yeah, I, I would. W- we then yeah. we then shuffled into another conversation off of that. Where does Hall fit in? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> See, no, it's not Hall that I'm worried about. It's Line A is a righty, so he plays the left side. Okay, Hall's a right, a lefty, and he plays the left side. Gusev play is a righty. He plays the left side. Where does Line A fit? Is it a good problem to have? No, it's it's not because you can't too many. If there's too many cooks in the kitchen, true. You know, like there's there's only one puck out there, and who's gonna get it? Is it gonna be Line A on the power play? It's gonna be Hall. It's gonna be Gusev. Does Line A come in with a with an attitude with a ego? I mean, I get I get the overall why Shira would do it because. You go, you sign line A. If Hall leaves, you still have fucking line A. Yes. So now you just go and move line A, and now it's line A, Heischer, and Palmieri, and Hughes, and Gusev, and Brat. But to go after him now, where does he fit? Yep. Uh, it's it just, and, and you look at it, the, the, the like the fringe free agents are like signing like the uh, Wier- Wierenski sign right so guys yeah. like McAvoy and, and I think and McAvoy signed today did he yeah, I'm gonna I, look it up right now I don't think so but if he did he had a a rough estimate of what a deal would look like because of the Wierenski deal and I think Wierenski signed because fucking what's his coach's name decided to fucking call everybody out Tortorella oh yeah Oh, he just like Look, we built something in this locker room, and you fucking left. Fuck you! Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. He went all Tortorella on. Yeah, that. he went towards. <laughs> let me puff my chest up. Ooh, I am the big coach. He's Russian. No, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, he didn't. I think it's more of a. It's a, it's a talk, but you look at these names all because of stupid Marner, Kachuk, Ratanen, Provorov. Provorov, I'm kind of shocked at because. I look at I look at Braden Point. Yeah, he's not showing up. They don't have any money. I was gonna say, where's Tampa getting it? They fucking sign guys like like Maroon for pennies, and they're just chipping away at money they could have given to Point. Didn't they trade Callahan too? Yeah. To who? Uh, his rights, right? Because Callahan's done. Yeah, he's done. Um, Ottawa. Yes. <laughs> the wasteland of contracts. I don't know what they're waiting for. Yeah, it's, I mean they don't have the money. Rotten and I mean, Colorado has the money. Calgary doesn't have the money. Boston doesn't have the money. And Philly looks like they have the money. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see when training camp. Because right now, if you go on the website, you could see, like, who's been invited to tryouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Our boy Stephen Nason got his Texas Contra Ball PTO with the Dallas Stars. Ding. It's a good team that go to uh stefan mateau is in columbus now so he's still in the league yeah (laughs) 
He was with what, Montreal or Vegas, right? Vegas, I think. Vegas, yeah. yeah. And then Vegas just let him go. Sure. All right, so moving on to our ongoing segment of Hollywood previews. Using NHL teams. Uh, I'm going to go take a piss break. Yeah, you should because you haven't seen (laughs) probably any of these. So, Chicago. um, I have the movie uh, On Golden Pond. I've heard of it. You've heard of it? Mm. Jane Fonda. Peter Fonda. Not Peter Fonda. Henry Fonda. Um, I feel like the song Memories comes to mind when you hear Chicago. Scattered pictures of what we left behind. See, when I think Chicago, it's the... uh the band Chicago, yeah, the band Chicago. So. But you know, like it, that should be the fucking win song. They could see. Oh, like, we didn't even talk about that, but with the Devils, yeah. you want to jump on that real quick? Sure. Thirteen songs they put out there of the likes of "Whoop, There It Is." That was they or "Hip Hop Hooray." I'm sorry, no, uh, at both and hip hop. Okay. Um, Taylor Hall's all about hip hop hooray. So is PK. What did you say? Something? I said I. Hold my finger. Oh. <laughs> so, and then they have what we have Don't last stop year. me now. Don't had, stop me. I, the head look, queen. Queen. Look. Okay, Don't yeah. stop me now. Sure. P.K. Subban does this fucking, you know, blast from the point. Boom. Net blows up and there's flame and whatever. He does a little archery pose. And you get the fucking queen song come on. Tonight I'm gonna Exactly. See, this goes to my theory. The devil should be trailblazers. Each player picks their own fucking goal song. A goal song is an atrocity again, and it's not just simply because rock and roll fans too. Now fuck you. Stop. Is the old, is the song they had last year still yeah, on the list? Yes, it is. All right, just use that fucking. It's Ladies and gentlemen of this podcast, please pick that song. Don't pick the ole, 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 ole. No, That's on there. It is? Oh, yeah. I had to look half the shit up because I didn't even know what it was. And then I heard it. I'm like, no. None of these are hockey goal songs. Go gaslight them. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Chicago on Golden Pond. Go. The team is trying to reboot their championship by bringing in guys that were from those teams. Brandon Sod's now there. Lou Lamarillo uh, is in the front office yeah, of Chicago. No, <laughs> they, they, they stole his playbook at the draft. Um, they were smart for bringing in Robert Leonard because Crawford is a big question mark with his vertigo concussion issues. Um, but if they can infuse enough, they have to bring Cat and, and, and stuff. There's enough youth to push them into a future playoff spot. They're not going to be a top seed anymore. They're either going to be one of those teams. And I forgot to put the fucking where they're going to finish up. They're going to be one of those teams that one or two wild card or... 9 10, mm-hmm. like just out of the playoffs. Now, Tampa Bay, <laughs> I have as the Godfather part three. Is this, is this the, the movie that like has that horse and head in, in the bed or well, something? That's the first one. This is the <laughs> oh, third one. This oh. is the every time I try to get out, they pull me back in Al Pacino. Is, is this the one where um, that broad gets lost in the Pine Barrens? No, that's The Sopranos. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the buildup was so epic last year for them. Like, and, we're going on a record pace. We're, you know, like, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. They're just going to get into the playoffs, and, and it's going to be great. And Shot their load too quick. And the problem was is that, yeah, their season, they spent all of their hype on the season, or Godfather 1 and 2, and then the third one comes out, and it you're like, oh, hmm. So that's how it's going to go, huh? 
Michael Corleone at the end just falls over in a chair and dies. That's how it is. Spoiler alert. I know if you haven't seen the movie because it's been out for 30 fucking years. Um, the team is built to win right now. Anything less than the cup is a loss for them. Let's just say they don't make. All right. I'll just put it this way. Let's say they don't win the cup this year. I don't care where they place, how far they They don't win the cup. The team blows up. Do, does does the GM get canned? Does the fucking head coach get canned? Like, no, nope, because they just a, signed the the the, the, just, the mm, coach, oh. and the GM is a new guy. Oh. So I think they blow the team up, and the only people you keep are the ones you can't trade: <laughs> Stamkos, Kucherov, uh-huh. Hedman, Sergikov. You, you, those are the only four I keep. You can, you can't let go of Pat Maroon, man. Come on. Well, he's only signed a one year deal. Uh, then we have Colorado, A Beautiful Mind. Did you ever see that? No. Nope. I, I might have. That's the John Nash, Russell Crowe. No, then oh. I did not. John Nash, great Princeton here in New Jersey. He was... Uh, right here. Right here in New, Princeton, New Jersey. Well, we're not in Princeton, but whatever. Um, you can this team it. is a little schizo, like John Nash was. Uh, one game, they'll play like the most dominant team in the league and beat... 6 nothing. The next, they're scratching and clawing to get a point out of Ottawa. They have a great mix of young guys. If they can't sign uh, Miko Ratnan, it leaves a big hole for them in their top two lines. Uh, they have a lot of guys that could score 25 goals, and they have a lot of guys that can go missing, like, what is it, Nazem Kadri? He could put in 25, or he could just be lost, much like John Nash in A Beautiful Mind. It really did win. I think Russell Crowe won the fucking Oscar for that movie. Colorado has that Tampa in the West feel where it's like it's almost kind of set up for them to. Yeah, I mean, like, but, the, but see, the difference is they play in the Central, right? So they're going through Stanley Cup champion Dallas, which is greatly improved. Winnipeg. Still with Nashville. With. So there's four teams that Colorado St. Louis, too. Stanley that's Co- what I said. Oh, Stan- I did, I'm Saint- sorry. So, I mean, that's four teams that they're battling for three some, spots. Some spot, yeah. Right. Um, but they could. It, it's, it's, they had that feeling last year when they went on that run. But... <laughs> uh, then we talk about St. Louis, the aforementioned mm-hmm. Stanley Cup champions. Uh, I use the movie Kingpin. Yeah, it's bowling. Okay, so you've seen that? Yes. Roy Munson. <laughs> Great line in that movie. Roy, is it bad to drink piss? <laughs> I think so. Even if it's your own? <laughs> yeah. Um, storybook season last year, the Blues, but will they have the hangover, much like Roy Munson was a champion and then lost his hand? I don't know if Pat Maroon's the hand. Last year I said... <laughs> On paper, if you go back and listen to our previews, I did say on paper St. Louis could win the cup. Really? Absolutely. I, I didn't love. I said that. on paper they were there, and halfway through the season, I looked like the biggest fucking schmuck in the world because they were the worst team. Like Roy Munson and Kingpin, can the once fine champion battle back to greatness, or will the Blues fall short? I think. The key to their team is Jordan Bennington. If he can... Is he going to be the Jordan Bennington of 
the playoffs? Or is he going to be Jordan? Remember that guy that used that won us the Stanley Cup, and then two years later he was bagging groceries mm. with the guy from the Cosby's at fucking <laughs> Trader Joe's? <laughs> Seems like every sport has that. Yeah, you know, they just plucked me off the grocery bagging line, right? The NFL, oh. Kurt Warner, right? I didn't mean literally, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's. Uh, he's the key to their season. The come out of nowhere <laughs> player. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll throw a threw a football back in you know the day. <laughs> now you want a See Super that? Bowl. I can throw this football clear over that mountain. You know the movie? No. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, okay, I've seen that one. The, cu- the his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah the yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where he throws the football and pegs Pedro off the bike or yes. Napoleon. All right, and our last one, Columbus. I'm talking about my thoughts. <laughs> See? Shut up. <laughs> I hate that fucking movie. It's so bad. And I had two friends that all they wanted to do was watch that movie. It's like fucking Beavis and Butthead are the current, you know. Tell, talk about a guy who was never going to do any movie again. Oh, typecasted? <laughs> yeah. Typecasted. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I have 500 Days of Summer. I know, I know I have not watched a movie, but I swear to God, I watched this, and I'm like, is that like a, ra- a NASCAR racing movie? No. I didn't think so. Because that's what it came Joseph off Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Zoe Deschanel. I remember when the Levitt kid was on um, Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, that kid. Yeah. He grew up. Oh, okay. He got older. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, in the movie, he falls in love with the girl, Summer, hence the 500 Days of Summer. Um, and this movie's really like my college and high school life story. <laughs> Because he falls, guy falls for a girl who immediately breaks his heart in the end. <laughs> Ultimately breaks his heart in the end. That was me. Um, oh, David. If that is not the Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. you know they got them to the playoffs. But they're gonna, they're gonna be a good team. Shut up. <laughs> you, you fucking lost everyone, and you want to be a. They're good still team. a good team. They're still a good team in the sense that it's the Zach Wierenski's who they Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones. They they do have they have a rallying cry. They have a good defense, yeah. which which Tortorella Fuck the Russians, which collusion. That's another show. <laughs> I see you practicing, um, but I think Tortorella uses that as a as a absolutely. Like, oh yeah, like Look. Vegas did. Nobody wanted you. Yeah. Um. But they were kind of led on by their the Blue Jackets are being led on by their de- by their. GM, mm-hmm. we're going to win. We're going to sign these guys, and they're we're going to win, and it's going to keep them. And then he broke their heart when they all left and broke up with them. Um, and and then with a, I tried. Who's their goalie? Oh, I forgot that guy went to Montreal. <laughs> no, he went to Florida. Oh, no, no, Kincaid, no, Kincaid yeah. went to Montreal. The more important goalie went to Montreal. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the, the Corpus Sour. I think it's Sour. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sour, so, sour. Hello, grapes. exactly. That's also a movie. It's Boogie Nights. All right, so that's our hockey, and it only took us an hour to get through it. On to, on to, on to some <laughs> wrestling. AEW had a pay-per-view. It was good. Um, I did watch it. Illegally. Um, and Don't they stream it like on a Twitch or like I some kind it of... on something. I, I, all I typed <laughs> in was AEW, AEW streaming. <laughs> question mark and it fucking oh here click on this link <laughs> and i got a chromebook so it's not like i'm gonna get a disease 
Well, well, well on my computer. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> wow, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the results, they had a six-man tag, SCU, which is basically TNA's Legends tag team. It's Frankie Kazarian and the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, Daniels and somebody yeah. else, versus Luchasaurus, who the WWE should go after and make Kane. Um, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. It was it was all right. Lots of spot. It was it was a spot fest. It reminded me of an old school TNA when they had the uh, six sided ring. Yeah, spots that don't roll naturally in a match. Like remember, like TNA, there would be like one guy on the turnbuckle, and then another guy would go underneath them, and then two other guys would climb up. Yeah, and like the, the choreographed, the choreographed everybody falls on a yeah. superplex. Like there was just way too much of that where you're like, this is where the WWE actually gets it right. Where it's like, this doesn't look natural in a fake fight. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. In wrestling terms. Yes. It, it was still entertaining that the Luchasaurus guy who's, I think he's like six foot eight or something. I Honestly, I have to look up this guy because every time I hear Luchasaurus, I think about... Um, that one guy that was in the WWE that with the with the goatee and the rapper look to him. I thought you were talking about La Parka. No. <laughs> what you don't see is me doing the <laughs> La Parka dance <laughs> the with the chair. Um, then uh, Kenny Omega versus Pac. For those of you that don't know, Pac is what the fuck was his name? Neville. Neville. Yes. Um. Oh my God, that dude's a fucking like reptile demon. Yeah, he's he should be sleeve and shit. Yeah, he should be playing. But he did he did a like running over the top rope spin kind of move onto the outside on top of everybody. Good a natural Lord. looking <laughs> spot. Good Lord. Uh Pac Neville, who I never really liked anyway. Uh he has that Mitch Marner ish kind of thing to him, which no, I just he, don't like as a yeah. wrestler. He's got that, I should be a main eventer. But you're no. only a fucking like, no. lightweight champion. Yeah, no. Like, you're jacked like a regular guy, but you're, like, this big. Like, this table, you could hide under it. Um, he won. He put Kenny Omega in this weird kind of cross sleeper hold where he's, like, across his back and, like, has his arms wrapped around his head. I don't know. But uh, it was... He, I, he literally I, put him to sleep, and that's how the match ended. I... I honestly think that Pac was supposed to win no matter what because I think he's got a deal with like another wrestling federation that if he loses like in AEW, it just totally ruins his gimmick elsewhere because he's a champ over there or something uh, he's like that. Undefeated, and yeah, or some some stupid stuff. So Pac Switzerland was, wrestling. Pac was gonna. Pac was just to win, regardless. I believe, but as long as they put on a good match, like I know, I, I heard that it ran a little long. Yeah, all their matches were too long and they got pissed because not all of their spots could have been done and i'm like if you have a long match and not everything can be done holy crap well one of the things that i was told is that tna has a 20 minute time limit on every match okay and i thought that was stupid because uh, wcw did that yeah it's stupid because if it if your six-man tag match for no belts or anything has a 20 minute time limit and your main event has 20 minutes. Has 20 minutes. What makes the main event the main event other than who's wrestling in it? You know, like Honestly. the main event should be a longer end to a major feud or a fight. 
as opposed to a match that's just starting a feud or a fight. Gotcha. Uh, the Cracker Barrel. Yes, that Cracker Barrel. Clash. I, I saw that. Was it Joey Janela that jumped off? The top rope with the, with the barrel, barrel behind them? Yeah. It was, it was a hardcore spot. Like It was up there with the old ECW kind of matches crossed with the... What was those matches that fucking Abyss used to have in TNA? Yeah, with like the thumbtacks. Where, and, yeah. where everybody was like in the crowd is holding a weapon that he can use. It was like that kind oh, of... Oh, a monster's ball. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it, was, it was definitely a spot fest, not a, as choreographed... Oh, like I, I think I mentioned way to be anyone AEW came out. I watched Joey Janela at an indie show here in Jersey at some kind of, you know, Roman Catholic bingo hall thing where they pull the stands out from the wall kind of stuff. Dude climbed all the way up to the top and did a fucking moonsault off the top of it. So dude's yeah, little, dude has a few wires loose, and that's that's probably his whole shtick over here too. But Jimmy Havoc won. <clears throat> um, if you watch that wrestler show. No. That was on after rest the dark side of the mm-hmm. ring. Um, both Joey Janelli, Darby Allen, all three of those guys were on that show. For oh, like okay. a hardcore thing. Gotcha. Uh, the Best Friends, which is stealing the Chuck and Billy. Really? Yeah, they're kind of like... They come out and they like see each other and they give themselves like a big bro hug and, you know... There's lots of homosexual tendencies. Yeah, spots in it. Uh, They had some guy come out. I forget his name. So now there's three of them. Uh, The Dark Order won. I don't know who. There wasn't anything that was. There was also a woman's match that I'm going to completely just pretend didn't happen. (laughs) I I think I was playing Call of Duty at the time, and I could care less about the, the, the one. It was two Asians. One Asian was like 75 pounds. Hey, but ODB was in that, right? ODB. Old Dirty, old dirty Bitch from no. TNA? Was it, I, was it? I don't know. Was, wasn't there like a woman's rumble? Uh, that was before. Oh, was it? Um, Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears. Cody Rhodes came like... Uh, Sean Spears had... Tully Blanchard. Tully in his Blanchard corner. in his corner. And Cody Rhodes is going to have a mystery guy in his corner. He comes down to the ring. It's his wife, his dog, and DDP. And DDP looked like he was trying out for Star Trek <laughs> with his, his outfit. Yeah. Um, during the match, Arn Anderson runs down, helps I Cody. Saw, I saw him run down. I swear to God, I had like, is that the ultimate warrior is going to have a heart attack yeah. scene again? He's, Arn put on a little bit yeah, of weight. He was eating a lot backstage, and that's why the WWE let him go. But he put on that fucking spine buster. Like, he stopped wrestling yesterday. Yeah. That Shades of uh, Triple H setting up the pedigree or Stone Cold in his Luthez press. I love Arn Anderson's spine buster. No one else does it any better. And I absolutely... This is, the way he picks him up and just like that that short little... And then boom, slams him down again. Almost like, oh, I got you. I got you. Nope. Boom. boom. Yeah. I, I love that stutter. Triple uh, A World Tag Team title match. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. This was an awesome match. Very, very, very shades of Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, and the Dudleys. And people were shitting on this because somebody, I don't know who it was, maybe it was Dave Meltzer, who, whatever, but was like pumping up the Young Bucks like it's the next coming of Edge and Christian. They're good. 
They, they, they remind me of a young Hardys mm-hmm. with their talent, but Edge and Christian with their charisma. Okay. Captain Charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, the spot of the night was a Canadian destroyer off a ladder through a table. Yes, and I, I think I yeah, forwarded talked. that on Twitter about that. But it, yes. it, it was the spot of the night. Uh, the Lucha Brothers win, and then LAX from TNA. Did they did they say it was LAX? They said their names, and they said from a former wrestling company. So their a- contracts have expired. Um. Oh shit! What was it? Um. Oh my god! What the hell are their names? Hernandez. Herne- yeah, and hom- um, not homicide. Um. Oh fuck! But they came out and they destroyed all four guys. So good for them. So, slowly, this roster is expanding name-wise. Like, LAX is a big tag team. Yeah. They just don't, they just don't have Conan with them. Olale! Viva la Rosa! I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the LWO? <laughs> oh, no. Then you need La Parca. Then we need La Parca. And some guy named Hoovertude. <laughs> I can't. I Last night you wrestled some guy named Hoovertude. I'm supposed to respect you because you were wrestling some guy named Hoovertude. The way I don't care what it is, just the way he said Hoovertude. And then like, like two months legit. later, Hoovertude was wrestling in the WWE. And for your title. Uh, Chris Jericho won against Hangman Page who came down on a horse <laughs> to which Jim Ross said the horse's name was Vince. <laughs> oh. Jim Ross was very, he's very good at painting the match. He's a good play-by-play. When he starts fucking pumping the tires, Chris Jericho is in the best shape of his life. No, he is not. No, no. This might be the most important match that Chris Jericho has ever wrestled in his career. No. No, I'm pretty sure he won two titles in the same night in WWE. Look, Jim Ross is doing Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. So you take it. Look, and the way Jim Ross comes across on interviews and all this stuff about AEW, it's not like the WWE where they never talked about WCW. They never talked about ECW. They never talk about TNA. Well, they definitely don't mention. AEW is pushing that envelope like LAX, former tag team, whatever. WWE would never do that. It's just like, oh, you know, it's like Joe and Schmo. Yeah. No, that was all those guys from from whatever. But like they definitely don't mention WWE. They don't like Jim Ross cursed a couple of times in it. I was kind of shocked. And speaking of Jim Ross, if you have not listened to his podcast where he talks about the night we lost Owen Hart. I have to do that. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. First of all, it it, it talks about the whole setup, like uh, Conrad Thompson, who's apparently does a podcast with everybody <laughs> yeah i realized us. it because like <laughs> last last time we did a show i was talking to you i was listening to the, my first 83 week shows with the finger point of death and stuff like that and i'm hearing conrad and i told you i hate him i just his persona does, i hate him he does one with 83 weeks with eric yeah. bischoff he does one with, with uh jim ross jim ross and he does one with uh brother love what the fuck is in it dude love. I, yeah brother uh, <laughs> brother love yes um i love you yeah, him. Name Bruce Richard? Yes. So it's 
it will rip your fucking heart out. Hearing Jim Ross talk about everything from what Vince was saying in his ear to tell the crowd to, he's like, I was sitting looking at the monitor and he said, I, I caught something fly down out of the corner of my eye. Right. And he goes, and I saw it at the last second. And he goes, I saw the ref jump out of the way. And he goes, I thought it was just somebody like throwing a bottle or something right. in. And he goes, Jerry Lawler next to me goes, and he had the mic on and he put his hand over the mic and he said, I think Owen just fell from the fucking roof. And you saw, and he goes, and he, he paints it in such a way that like Owen was just laying in the ring. He was on his back and his arms were like stuck. Like when you see a hockey player get a concussion and their arms, he goes, and we thought he was okay. Cause he was, it looked like he was trying to like, right. Like get up. He goes, but what we didn't realize is he was basically convulsing that he was. And we didn't realize that his arms were in those position because his arm hit the turnbuckle and basically shattered. Oh, wow. So, he said when it happened, Jerry Lawler ran right into the ring to check on him. And he goes, you know, the EMTs and everybody kind of ran in and, and all that stuff. And he goes, I could tell that Owen was dead when Jerry Lawler rolled back in, like out of the ring to the announce booth. And he goes, I looked at him. He was white. all shades of white. And he goes, he looked me in the eye and he just went and nodded his head. He goes, ah, he goes, I never, he goes, and then he goes, we had to continue the show. He goes, I feel bad. He goes, the next match was like Jeff Jarrett and fucking Deborah versus Val Venus and Nicole Bass. And he goes, how are you supposed to, he goes, how is anybody? He goes, how are the wrestlers supposed he goes, to, how are the wrestlers supposed to finish when there's their friend being fucking rolled by in a gurney up the ramp and out backstage. He goes, the fans just witnessed someone fall from the sky and die. He goes, and I'm sitting there and I've got to paint a picture about why this match is fucking important. He goes, that whole pay-per-view, he goes, if you watch that on WWE Network, he goes, if you watch that pay-per-view, you will see like, like the whole crowd, like nobody gives a shit. It gets to a point where that happens and anything after that is just whatever. Yeah, he goes it, like, the whole crowd was just like, uh, yeah, all right. Like, like we had to keep telling the TV audience that, like, this is not scripted. It was a tragic accident that, you know, he goes, and then they tell us to say that Owen died on air. And he goes, I didn't agree with it. But then when Vince explained, like, we have to be the people who report this. It can't get out so that people hear about it as they're leaving or during the <clears throat> match or right. whatever. He goes, hindsight's twenty twenty. He goes, but I would have canceled the show. It's almost like when, when um, similar to when uh, Jerry Lawler had his fucking heart attack. Yeah. Like, th- literally, when he had that heart attack, nobody announced the show. The rest, like, the re- last hour or whatever happened. Didn't they bring out, like, Paul Heyman to fucking no, kind of... No, it was nothing. I, I watched that show. I remember it. And they didn't do any announcing at all. Like, you heard, like, the... And obviously, you listen to the audio or whatever, and you hear, like, the wheezing and stuff. Yeah. But, like, you know, watching and stuff and, and realizing that, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, you don't hear anything, and next thing you hear is... You know, or when... Uh, smacking a mic, obviously, but... When they realize fucking Benoit <laughs> murdered 
his family, and they were having a Benoit tribute show. And then halfway through it, they were kind of like, nope, out the window. All right, let's just wrestle a couple of these matches and go home. Go home. Mm-hmm. This will be over at 10.59 instead of 11.05. Uh-huh. Um, but Jericho did wrestle. Sorry to go out of nowhere. Uh, Hangman Page, typical Chris Jericho match, spots, shit-talking the crowd. He did not come with a light-up jacket. He, he, he's dumped that gimmick, right? He, he comes in and hitting a fedora and a scarf. He is the universe destroyer. Like, he, like his, pro, his screen is like universe destroyer. And then he had like, like, he has like a bunch of just such cliche kind of like wrestling things. So is he taking the whole you just made the list character and just turning it dark? I think he's saying that I'm the biggest star in this place. And I will beat anybody kind of gimmick. So now give him credit. Oh, for, he's evolved. For reinventing his character from WCW where he was the, the you know Lionheart kid or whatever the hell they called him, right? To Raw's Jericho, that, that opening, yeah. the, the countdown clock Jericho, to this. Well, you go through all the other ones. There was a thing on Twitter where it's like, which is your favorite Jericho? And it was Jericho with the ponytail in WCW. The Raw is Jericho. Um, you just made the list. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. Honestly, it's it's when he where the with ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the, the the countdown clock. Jericho. But now he's got a big. He's got a new one. Yeah. Where yeah. he won he won the title. He was busted open. He had a broken nose. He had a huge welt over his eye that was bleeding. Like I'm not talking like he bladed himself. I mean like, yeah, like some, he, something. He got hit with something yeah. for real. So then he wins, and the, the the pay-per-view ends, but they they stream after. And he did like a promo, right? Oh, he walked through, and he's like, "Where's everybody?" He goes, "When I won my championship at other places, everyone's here to welcome me." He goes, "There's nothing." He goes, "There's nothing here." And then he walks by a table, and there's champagne. He goes, "Oh, all right." A little bit of the bubbly. And he just... Now, if you go over Twitter and type Chris Jericho, you're just going to see Chris Jericho. A little bit of the bubbly. People are making songs about it. And and, Yeah, nice. Well, a little little factoid. You know what? I'm happy for Chris Jericho. They're they're putting the belt on him and going, you know what? Carry the company for a little bit till we get John Moxley back, till we get, I don't know, Braun Strowman or whoever, until they start filling in. Yeah. And I really don't think Chris Jericho minds. No. I think him being a part of something that he can have real input into oh, yeah. where he doesn't have to go. It's not like, I got to go to Vince and ask if I could do this. It's, Cody, I got an idea. Yeah. Let's, let's put let's, it together. Let's put it together in a way that it'll work. So a little factoid today, back in 1995. This was when Dave was not watching wrestling. Really? Yeah. Back in 1995, Monday Night Raw and WCW's Monday Nitro aired opposite of each other for the first time. The live Nitro would win the evening with a 2.5 rating versus Raw's 2.2. Which is ratings that they're pulling in now. And then you go during the Attitude Hour and they were pulling in eights. (laughs) Uh, Just with all the CM Punk talk, just a quick question. Where do you think he would be better utilized? I think everybody wants him to go back to WWE. Yes. I want him to go back there because I think his character, will, especially with the Attitude Era yesterday, with Austin coming back and doing the, the you know, you got 18,000 people here at Madison Square Garden calling you an asshole, AJ Styles. 
<laughs> and then AJ Styles coming back and go, you're the old asshole here, Steve. He kept calling him Steve. Steve. <laughs> um, I think that if Punk came back to the WWE, A, they'd be able to pay him. Top of notch. Course, of course. B, he would have such a good fuck you gimmick to everybody. Like, right now... But but if he's over it, like he even this interview, every everybody saw and listened and whatever this interview. You heard him say, I'm over it. I'm past it. I'm a new person, whatever. I don't think you can put him in that character. Um, yeah, I, I back in the WWE, I, I can't. I, you can put him in AEW and go, you know, this is the next, you know, like a Chris Jericho thing. This is the next incarnation of of Punk because yeah. I don't, I don't think he can use the term CM Punk anymore. I, I'm pretty sure Vince owns that name. No, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I'm he. he I'm pretty sure he had that name before he came in. He did, yeah, and, and ROH and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and he, I'm pretty sure he's going to keep... He still keep... He, okay, so then you got the name part of it. Because they wouldn't be like the Phil, <laughs> you know, CM Punk, whatever. I think he owns the name because the name. everybody is like... He was the big uh, on... What the hell the is st- it? Starcade. He was the big... Convention, get, yeah. yeah. Um, where would he be better utilized? Obviously, it would be... AEW, but where would he make more money and be nationalized? Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if he shows up on SmackDown when SmackDown goes live. You never know. Where there, I always believe that where there's smoke, there's fire. So word got out that he asked Fox, "Let me do a pregame." He then says in the convention, "says you know." I'm open to anything. I'm past that. It was years, whatever, right? But is the is Vince past it because he sued them? I doubt it. It took it took him a while to get Hogan back after his whole after the whole steroid but trial. The whole thing crap. is, is if Vince sees he can make money. Oh yeah, then it's yes. Come on back, Phil. Come on, Punk. How do you write him back in WWE? I kind of have him team up. As a partner, no, as a mystery partner with Kevin Owens. And then they turn on each other, and that's the first feud. I, I would think who's... If you go with CM Punk's character of that whole pipe bomb character, okay? You have him go after Roman Reigns? No, you have him go after Rollins. So you, it's one of those, he's, he's celebrating, he's doing all these kind of things. He walks down the ramp... No music, no nothing. Walks down the ramp, huge fucking pop. Gets in the ring, low blows Seth Rollins. He becomes an instant fucking, not a, not a heel. He he's he becomes the Austin, the he, tweener. Yes, like, and and he can come in with like a black hoodie, not like nothing CM Punkish, like no merch. Just you, and you do it in Chicago. Sure. And you j- and and you walk out and or it's one of the last things you see as like the pay per view or whatever ends him looking in the camera, and you can you can re- literally read lips. He's starting to say "f you," and they just cut the camera. And then you f- then you try to figure out who's he really after. Is it Vince? Is it Triple H? Is it really Seth Rollins? Is it 
and you, you 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 mix that punk character, the pipe bomb character, and that whole that whole Sting was a free agent thing. Crow, like right. just, he's in it for him. What do you have him go after Brock? Mm. And then you have Paul Heyman. Like I don't think he needs Paul. No, he doesn't. But you have him, and then again you have him turn turn on something where where it's, it's that's what I, I I would have like Paul Heyman on the phone talking like oh and then Brock who are you talking to not nobody 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 business yeah some something where essentially it's it's the you know his backstory you know everything that happened you're not going to mention it but you know right the it, thing is there's no authority figure anymore just Triple H Right, but he he's not going to be there. He's going to be the NXT guy. There's no authority figure. There's no GM. There's no Vince. There's no Shane on Raw. Shane isn't really an authority figure on SmackDown. It's just Shane's a wrestler now on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody. You're right. There's nobody for him to go after as you're the authority. You're the reason I took my fucking ball and went home. So he's going to have to go after somebody and be like, I'm going after you for lost time. It, it could be a workup to like Vince's last stand. Like if he wants to really go off into the sunset and kind of just this whole thing is like not this, but theirs. And I'm ending it with punk like I probably should have with Austin. In my mind, that would work. And Vince is probably not. But yeah, he's a seventy-year-old man. He's not going to wrestle. Some point that the end of the night, it's it's finally it's one of those where like the camera's rolling and rolling, and he's sitting in the middle of the ring and, and just a general with a microphone looking at the thing, looking. And Vince comes down. He goes and basically, what the hell do you want? Or I'm not leaving this ring until Vince McMahon comes down and brings me my contract. Or something. So, so he may even have to mention it. But Vince comes down and goes, "What? Like, what the hell are you? What the hell are you doing?" You know, like he's. It's quiet, Phil. <laughs> quiet, Doctor Phil. All right, project mid card projects. I. Hmm. All of these are guys that are either a not being used, underutilized, or underutilized <laughs> in general. Um, where we could put them in something like. Put Roos, you put Bobby Roode and fucking Dirk Diggler. I mean, Dirk Diggler. You mean <laughs> Dolph Ziggler? Yeah, you put them together because, and they're they're gonna win the tag titles. You put them together so that they could have an epic feud against one another sometime in the future. You gotta give them a name. Yeah, no. you gotta give them a name. So do the same thing with Rusev. And EC3. Rusev isn't even being fucking used. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw him on TV. Or uh, Lana. Allegedly, EC3 is injured or, or has like black and blues or something. With a recent um, bad body slam. Like somebody sure. missed a stupid spot or some crap like but that. But You put them. EC3 is a egotistically good looking guy. Where you know he's looking in the mirror and, and flexing and stuff. Rusev, everybody knows, is with Lana. You put them together, that you make them a funny team, and yeah, then a red solo cup and oh, that guy, they're they're fucking awesome. <laughs> they're awesome. I just want to see them wrestle and 
Raw, but they were going to be NXT's biggest stars. You give them a quick little title run, and then you just do your old school backstage segments. EC3's talking to Lana. She's laughing. Rusev, you know, like you, like we talked about, you did with Hogan, Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. And as long as you can write it so that the skeleton of that storyline is similar, but these guys can act it better. Right. And like I'm we, okay with like it. Like we said with Hogan. All right, you put these guys together as a tag team. Then what? Oh, they're going to feud over Lana. Then what? Then one of them is going to get a big push. Which would be Rusev, you figure, because he's... Right, but he's already had his push. In my mind, he's had his push. He, he had a good run in the beginning okay. when he was wrestling barefoot. I think. So, he, so then I'll give EC3 that. You that. give him that little push, you know, especially today with Twitter and everything. Like, just think all Lana needs to do is like. A picture with EC3 Or like somewhere. her looking in the mirror or whatever, and like you see like EC3 in the background, like. Like blowing a kiss. Like. Don't ever do that it again. It fucking writes itself. <laughs> uh. The other one I have is they kind of put these two together a little wait, bit. Wait, hold on. WWE.com slash careers. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, have ooh, a writer. Sammy Zane and Shinsuke Nakamura. I I honestly think you can put Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens back together. My only problem is that Sammy Zane, his character is fine. I love the heelish thing. The problem is he acts like a heavyweight when he's a fucking lightweight. <laughs> it so just... he's, he's Crash Holly, minus the death. <laughs> I, I... But you put them together, you know, Shinsuke can't talk, and I'm not saying that because he's Asian, but it's just the way it is. So you use Sami Zayn as the mouthpiece. Imagine those two fighting for, like, the lightweight title if they had it. You know, or or even the intercontinental, like his strong style versus the the essentially high flying Sami Zayn style. Nakamura is a great wrestler. He just needs he needs a mouthpiece. He needs he I, needs I a see, Paul Heyman. I can see Nakamura's career arc be like Randy Orton, where it's like you could have every accolade there is. But it should be like the, like a higher rainbow, but it's just like... Randy Orton's a Hall of Famer, though. When he retires, he's a Hall of Famer. Of course. Because everybody's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, Tori Wilson? Um, who wants to make a comeback? Really? Yeah. Then does Trish want to make a comeback? Well, does she did. She wrestled at SummerSlam. A full comeback. Does Lita want to do a full... No, Lita can't because she got her like, a neck thing. Yeah. She do, had the Austin do, surgery. Do you realize anybody who was a high flyer? Lita? Edge? Who else? Uh, Hardys? The Hardys still wrestle. They're all fucked up. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, and then I put Ali as like a high flyer. Jinder Mahal is the kind of... Steroid champion you and I the, both the, want for our yeah, generation. The IC middle card champ. And then that how Divari. About that? How about you give him the, the 24-7 Indian title? <laughs> and then take it from him? Indian giver. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jokes for days, podcasts for weeks. But then have them be like the Middle East movement. Like you know that if this was not a fucking publicly really? traded company, really on nine eleven, you want to make that joke? <laughs> what? 
First of all, Jinder Mahal is Indian. <laughs> all right? Yeah. But, like, you have, we're being, you know, you have the whole kind of, like, reverse right to censor. Or I was going to say, the or the nation of domination just in a different minority. Yeah. And you have that. It, look, it's going to create enough controversy. Who yeah. was the guy that they used to have? Muhammad Hassan. Remember yeah. Muhammad? He was a fucking, he was jacked. He had an awesome gimmick. They just, they went too far when he like fake pretended kidnapped people. Maybe. And then that was the end of that gimmick. But like you have these guys like have them come out and destroy a fucking Lutra house party or whatever the hell they're called. Not sighing for the gimmick, but sighing for the Lucha house party. And then you have them move on to the new day once Kofi drops the belt on Sunday. Lucha house party is, is the LWO. Of no, it's Lucha house party is the only thing I can think about is essentially Rey Mysterio getting thrown into a trailer by Big Paul, Show. Paul White. That's all I think Lucha House Party is. But see, now instead of the Big Show, it's Jinder Mahal. You have enough. I have a Mike Tyson's punch out reference ready to go, but I just I'll keep it in my back pocket. Great Tiger, is that his name? Yes. <laughs> you can only punch him, ladies and gentlemen, when his diamond on the turban was flashing. That's and don't sue us. Why isn't anybody going after that game? Oh, sorry, it's a different podcast. <laughs> Why isn't anybody going after that game for fucking stereotypes? Soda Popinski, big Polish guy with a mustache. Russian. He was Russian. The only thing that game was missing was an Irish guy. King Hippo. <laughs> Sam, Mr. Sandman. This is a sports. Uh, Glass podcast. Joe. Yes, the French guy with the rose in his mouth. Yep. The German guy. Yeah, Von Kaiser. Von Kaiser. <laughs> There's a, if all right. the Asian guy. What the hell is his name? Piston Honda. Piston Honda. Holy shit! Let's name he him had, after two car parts. <laughs> he had a worse name. If we're, we'll plug this, it's a sports topic. You can go on. Um, uh, YouTube and look up Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and there's like a whole history of of the Nintendo creators of what it was over in Japan, and then when it came here, how much they had to change. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it is it is a good. Welcome to Mike Tyson's Punch Out. <laughs> and they had a very hard time getting the second one to to get released, so they just called it Punch Out, and they got rid of Mike Tyson and just moved up. And then the Sandman game up. The yeah. game the game was horrible, pretty much. Hi, right, Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, and sometimes. Mike Tyson's Punch Out NES show. And movies that <laughs> Dave has seen. Yes. <sighs> Where can you find us, right? Player FM, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, HSSKPod. Go to the website, HSSKPod.com. Tell us that you listen. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Do what feels right. Pass the longest episodic. Yeah, we're pushing uh, fitty. Fitty. Get close. Three more, and we're up to fitty. Hockey. Two more. Two more. Well, we're forty-seven now. Uh, math. You weren't good at math. Shh. Sorry. I deal with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three feet by two feet by what? All right. Oh, 
three feet Woo! of water equals three thousand. Wow, there's a little insight, folks. All right, high sticks and super kicks podcast. Hockey is upon us. Wrestling will always be there. Next week, three home games for the Devils, and then the rest are home. As long as they're on TV, the rest are road games. <laughs> and it's it's well, one, one of them is Madison Square Garden. That's not really a road game. No, but that'll be a good game, just because they'll probably have a Hughes Capo Hughes Capo build up, and that'll lead to the the season preview after the game, probably. Which I enjoy. I get fucking jacked on. Wait a minute. Jack Hughes, isn't that? Oh, yeah. Jack on. <laughs> Dave, any last words for you uh, on this podcast? Toodles.